0: Welcome to Batty to Batty, a monthly podcast by For the Breast of Us, the first breast cancer community for all women of color, where we share real-life experiences, information, and education to help you live your best life after a breast cancer diagnosis. Welcome to Batty to Batty. Welcome to Batty to Batty. Hello and welcome to another episode of Batty to Batty. My name is Marissa Thomas. I am the co-founder and CEO of For the Breast of Us, an all-inclusive online community for women of color who have been impacted by breast cancer. Uh, Today, we are talking on the subject of love and cancer. Since it is February, and February everybody thinks of love and Valentine's Day, we thought it would be a dope idea to bring on couples for them to talk about their relationships and how cancer has impacted that. So, tonight, I have with me Aisha and Jamil. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Good, 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 good. So, you know, Like I said, this is just going to be, you know, a light conversation that we're having here. Feel free to talk about whatever you want to talk about. If I ask you something that you don't want to talk about, feel free to say we don't want to talk about that and we can move on. Um, But, yeah, we'll go ahead and get started. So, um, Aisha, why don't you tell everybody that's listening and watching um, a little bit about your diagnosis?
1: Hi everybody, I'm Aisha. I was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer in April of 2022. Uh, The process took a while just because of COVID and everything was backed up, what people get a mammogram, so it was hard for me to get appointment. Mm -hmm. But my doctor initially found the lump um, in January. So January to really March, like end of March. Um, is when I officially got the word that it was breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, It is HER2 positive and triple negative. Um, It was in my left breast. I went through six rounds of chemo. Actually, it was in my right breast, right? Yeah, right breast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I went through six rounds of chemo and from April to August, right? to August every 21 days Mm -hmm. and I then had a double mastectomy in September and then I have reconstruction in November. Okay and so are you completely done with active treatment at this point? I I am done with active treatment but I get maintenance drugs every 21 days Mm -hmm. with infusion and all of my chemo was infusion, and I still have my port in. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that with
0: us. Um, so, I'm interested about your relationship, both of you guys. Um, so, just real quick, were both of you guys together before you were diagnosed? Yes. yes. And how long have you been together?
1: Four years. Four
0: years. <laughs> I mean, you guys say, like, I mean, are we happy about these four years? Or it's just like...
1: oh. Uh, No, it wasn't. It's not unhappy. I just feel like every year something else like happened. And then this fourth year was my cancer diagnosis. Right. Yeah. And then we had a baby. We bought a house and then I was diagnosed. So, yeah. And how old is your baby? She's two. About three in April. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, good. Well, let's dive on in. So um, how did you meet?
1: We met on Tinder, actually. Oh, okay. A little yeah. Tinder up. <laughs> yeah. Very, uh, I don't know. Like, I was on there probably for what, like, maybe two years? Just off and on, like, meeting people here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went out to Raw Sushi one night and been together ever since. Okay. Jamil, you want to add anything to that?
2: No, I mean it's like what she said. We had met on Tinder, just communicating through that, and then we had like our first official date at the uh raw sushi. Mm-hmm. It went very well. Was interacting with each other, laughing, Laugh and smiling, and all this stuff. So yeah, now Funny. we got a daughter, and we're here now.
0: Yeah, I'm like it had to go real well because I mean y'all are still together, right? <laughs> okay, so who said I love you first? She
1: did. Did I? Yes. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, and who's the better cook? Uh. I would say he is because I cook more healthy food. Mm -hmm. He like actually goes online, looks up recipes and like tries different things. So Mm -hmm. more people would be able to eat his food. I don't know if people would be able to eat what I cook (laughs) or want to eat what I cook. Okay, Jamil, so you
0: cook.
2: Yeah, I cook. I gotta eat. (laughs)
0: yeah I get it that's the one thing like I have a son who's 21 and I had taught him how to cook because I'm like I need you to be out here in these streets knowing how to cook for yourself so you ain't running around some little girl (laughs) to get her to cook for you I need you to be able to do that yourself so I actually I love that Um, what's your favorite thing about your partner
2: Mm, probably the, the conversation we always have the conversation and then I mean, her smile and then she got long legs. So.
1: <laughs> but yeah, her
2: her intelligence as well. So that's the real big things I have, like attracted me more to her. So mm-hmm. just from my opinion.
0: OK, I like that.
1: Aisha, what about you? Um, He's very supportive anything that i've ever talked to him about like he's always like yeah let's do it let's figure out how we can make it work and um like he would check in and be like hey are you still going to do whatever whatever cuz i'm like a master procrastinator mm-hmm. um and then he's just even though like he has a very tough exterior like he's very loving and um you know it surprises me every once in a while with like a romantic gesture. So those things are always nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why you look like that? Do you not do these things?
2: I don't know why I do. <laughs> it's just like, you just got to do it sometime like that. Yeah. Don't because do it. spontaneous or whatever. Yeah. Trying to keep it stagnant, I guess.
0: Right. Yeah. Yo, oh, I love it. I'm getting ready to ask you, do you have any brothers or cousins or anybody? But they gotta be like, you know, they gotta do the same things as you. Like I don't
2: Maybe half, maybe half of that,
0: maybe. Oh, okay. I'll pass, I'll pass. Um, so Aisha, how did you tell uh Jamil about your breast cancer diagnosis?
1: Uh so I told him initially, is that me or you? I hear fee okay, I think that might have been me. Um Initially, I when I went to the doctor and she found the lump, I told him when I got home. Uh, and then I received a phone call uh, with the positive diagnosis. Um, and I came out of the room and I told him. And he was just like, are you OK? And I was like, no, I'm not OK. And then I went to the bathroom and. You know, he said, like, we're going to figure this out. It's going to be fine. Like, you're strong. I know you're going to get through this. Mm -hmm. Let's just wait and see, you know, what the next steps are. So he was very supportive in that way. Yeah.
0: And Jamil, when you got the news, like, what did that, how did that make you feel?
2: Um, just like, you know, because like a lot of my family has, has, uh, Big dinos with some type of cancer mm-hmm. throughout my time, I guess. So, I mean, I, I've tried, I felt like bad because, you know, you don't want, I didn't really want that to happen to her. Cause you know, we was going in a, still going in a positive direction from my daughter being born. Right. Just getting through COVID and all types of other stuff. So then that came. So I just tried to, you know, stay positive through the whole process. Mm-hmm. the news wasn't like uh, good to hear but like I said I just try to be positive through the whole process
0: yeah I love that so Jamil what would you want people to know um, what it's like about being a caretaker for somebody that's diagnosed with breast cancer
2: Um, I think the big thing is like uh, just be supportive through the process and then you know, it's going to be some time, especially when going through the chemotherapy, mm-hmm. which you can, like, keep the like the pain and everything from them, take that part out of it so, you know, they won't be weak. They start, you know, losing the hair and stuff right. like that. I know that's real, real, uh guess not, I ain't going to say, like, Makes you feel down. I'm not going to say, like, devastating, but I know that really hurt her in in some ways. But I just kept telling, like, you know, it's just for now.
0: hmm
2: You know, in the long run, as time goes, we get you're going to heal, and probably everything will come back like it is now. So I know mm-hmm. it's just a big thing. I always wanted to just, like, protect her. So I just didn't really want her to go through all that suffering, especially through the the chemotherapy part. Right. And I
0: think, you know, devastating is, you know, can be an accurate word, especially for, you know, us Black women, because we've always been taught, like, our hair is our crown. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure um, Aisha, you could probably agree with that. It's, you know, I know when I went through chemotherapy, you know, losing my hair, it was big. Yeah. Um, You know, we just cope with it and manage however we can. But, you know, Jamil, I think you were spot on with that.
2: Yeah, yeah, because I know her, because her hair was, like, All the way down to her back. So Mm. that was just, I know that was the one thing I knew probably was going to hit her hard in a sense.
0: Yeah. 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 But Aisha, it does, you know, once you get to a certain point, sometimes it just starts growing like a weed. (laughs) Sometimes
1: I know it's growing now. Like even, I mean, it really started growing in December and it's just, yeah, it's got a mind of its own right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, it's just, it's definitely a process. Yeah. For sure. Um, How do you feel that uh, Jamil was as your caregiver?
1: I think it was hard for him because of the history of his family. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that he thought he was being more positive than he was. Um, Not that he was ever negative, but I think that when he started to feel that like sense of I can't help her, Mm-hmm. And he will become a little bit more distant because he didn't want to see me in that way. Right. So for him, it was hard to like see me laying around and not eating. And then when my hair fell out, like he was there when I had to shave it, shave it off. So those things, like, I think were hard for him to visually see mm-hmm. we We're both like extremely active. So, worked out all the time, like I ran, I did all this stuff. And then to see me like the c- complete opposite. Right. It was hard for him to process, but, mm-hmm. you know, kind of be to himself sometimes. And not that we could do stuff together, like outside the house. But I think for me, like vocalizing it a little bit more that I wanted him in my space. Right. Cause you see someone and they just look so miserable and they look so like down, you don't, you're like, well, let me back off for mm-hmm. her space. So I think I could have been a little bit more vocal and said, like, you know, no, I want you down here with me, as opposed to him, like, kind of being away from me. Right. Yeah. So definitely the communication piece for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and I, I know
1: that overall, all- that he did a good job under the circumstances. hmm. Um, Because both of us, like my family member who have been diagnosed with um, different types of cancers are not here. Mm -hmm. And along the way, I found out like other people had cancer. They never told us. Right. It was kind of like both of our experiences with people with cancers that they don't make it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that you said that you guys had a young daughter at the time. So how was that? How did that necessarily affect
1: your relationship plus while you were going through treatment or did you guys have any help? I think it definitely did because he had to do everything. Mm-hmm. So like the little piece of energy that I had when I would come home, cause I worked the whole time. I never mm-hmm. took off until my surgery. And then I didn't go to work my treatment days cause I couldn't cause of right. the time that I was there. Um, yeah. So he was like the main caregiver Mm -hmm. for our daughter and even for me I mean he was cooking and cleaning and you know doing all the things for the house so I think that it like affected us like being together because we had to worry about her as well yeah do you want to add anything to that Jamil
2: Um, I mean with my daughter you know she too so she probably didn't know what was going on so I, I think she was about accurate with that. Yeah, uh, picked up my responsibility a little bit more. Probably was tired because you know I work at night, so
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But you know, it was all worth it. So it, it wasn't a big thing
0: mm-hmm.
2: at, uh, from my point of view. But like I said, we I could have probably because I was more like in the room chilling, but yeah, we, I could have probably just been more downstairs with her.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like said, but like communicate more during that process, but most of the time I just, you know, had to do what I had to do because you know, gotta um uh, just help her through the hard time at that point or whatever. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, let's make it a little bit lighter then. <laughs> 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 so Aisha, who is his celebrity
1: crush? He always talked about Alicia Keys, but then when we went to go see her this (laughs) fall, I was like, Oh, I got tickets. We're gonna go see Alicia Keys for your birthday. He's like, Oh, okay. And I was like, I thought you liked her. And he was like, I do, but you (laughs) should have dry in his response. So I know he likes Alicia Keys. Okay. But Jamil,
0: what who is her celebrity crush?
2: Honestly, I, I don't know, but let's see. I really don't know. It might be uh Michael B. Jordan or yeah, that's what all I think. I don't know.
1: <laughs>
2: it's either that or probably like one of them uh vegan guys that maybe like on social cool.
1: media?
2: Yeah, maybe one of them, but no. I don't know this <laughs> is. I don't know.
1: I would say it's Michael B. Jordan. You should have known that because when we first I met we that, watched Creed. Always,
2: always watched Creed 20 times a day. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my first gift, but uh,
1: He likes the movie. I just like the man. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Aisha, what is
1: Jamil's favorite TV show? Oh, my goodness. Anything with army people or police? <laughs> that's what you watch. You watch SWAT. You watch...
2: Anything with action. I
1: Chicago PD.
2: I don't like rea- reality stuff, so anything with action, probably, but yeah, she right. Yeah. Besides football.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah, football.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so, Jamil, what is Maisha's um, favorite TV
2: show? Man... She be watching. What's this stuff?
1: I don't watch uh, reality shows.
2: Um, what's the thing with the the lawyer, the Asian chick? What's the name of that?
1: The one from Netflix. Yeah. Oh, I did watch that stuff
2: like that. I can't think. I
1: can't think of the name now.
2: Okay, let me think of one. It's
1: not reasonable doubt on Hulu. It's not reason. He's talking about the Netflix one where there's a um, Asian lawyer who has autism. It's mm. like woo,
2: yeah. She like let me see if I can put it in the category. You know, like how uh, soap operas are <laughs> <laughs> like, like that. Because I'll be like, what is you watching? <laughs> you know, sometimes you you try to figure out what it is. So I'm sitting there watching it too, and I'm like.
0: Yeah, see, it's pulling you in too. Yeah. I
2: getting into yeah, it. I'll be watching, but then I'll be like, man, I gotta go. <laughs> Stuff like that, like uh, I was saying, that aspect, like soap opera type shows, I was. Okay. A lot of them that she watches, so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so, what's one word that you would summarize your relationship?
2: Hmm. I would say maybe eccentric. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Why eccentric? Tell me why.
2: Uh, I would say because, what does eccentric mean?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, eccentric to me means like different. And not different, it's just different.
2: Okay, I'm right then because i think like we're like totally different but we get we get each other in a sense
0: mhm
2: so it may look like sometimes that we maybe not getting along with her but we really actually do get along cuz like like i say a conversation or we always thinking the same thing when we come up with ideas or traveling somewhere we always say the like the same thing sometimes
0: or
2: mhm like even stuff with our daughter we be like on the same like wavelength in a sense. Yeah. So I would say that's why I say essentially different, but we're really alike in a sense.
0: Okay.
2: Even that's when we like uh, probably like mad at each other,
0: mm-hmm.
2: we probably got like that same mindset of how to uh, figure it out. Yeah.
0: That's
2: so what do,
0: I'm you, do you guys have a rule that like if you're mad at each other that you can't go to bed mad at each other still?
2: Hell no. <laughs>
0: You would, still hold that grudge,
2: huh? But I would say we done got better from it because at first it was just like, oh, we just gonna go to sleep. Probably <laughs> I mean, wait a couple of days and talk. It was probably mostly because of me, maybe, I would think. Yeah.
0: Because
2: of the way how my demeanor is. But I just be like, shoot, she'll talk to me sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I would say it probably mostly me. So, but yeah, I would say at first, no, but now it's probably more different. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: And Aisha what one word would you use? I would say partnership because I feel like we work well together and like we get along really well. Um again like he's very supportive when I need something. I'm supportive of him um in the ideas that he comes up with. And, um, we just work so well together, like in life mm-hmm. that I just feel like we're partners. Like even when people, if I go to the doctor and they're like, oh, who's coming? I call him my partner. Cause I hate the word boyfriend.
2: Yeah. Like adults. What? I said, well, they say that. Yeah. Or they'll be- <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm <laughs> like, no,
2: we're not married.
1: <laughs> like. Okay. Um,
0: what would you tell other couples that are dealing with um their partner having breast cancer? What's mm-hmm. some advice you would give them?
2: Uh the big thing I would say is like communicate uh more especially Probably when they get to that point, like I know our point was when they started the chemotherapy, but everybody's mm-hmm. different. But I would say definitely during that process of when uh you know hair start falling out and things start to change, so she's more probably down, so she needs a little bit more encouragement and uh whatever else that she more support in during that time. Yeah.
0: Okay. What about you, Aisha?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that the communication is the biggest thing mm-hmm. um, because as the person who's going through it, like even if you don't want the other person to answer or have all the answers, just express like how you feel from both sides. Because I think I would have liked to have known some of the things that he was thinking. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to tell me because he didn't want me to worry or you know, I'm already going through it. So he didn't want to put that on me. Right. But I think it's important for both people to be able to communicate and express how they feel and what they need. And, you know, if you are in a position like him as a caretaker, it's like, okay, I'm going to be upstairs just because I just need, you know, 30 minutes to myself, right? I'm going to go watch the game or whatever, because that person needs their time to themselves as well. Right. Um, but saying that and like, just if you need anything, I'll be upstairs or wherever you are in your house. Or, you know, if it's somebody that doesn't live with you, um, if you need anything, just call me. I'm right. You know, I'll be over or I'll do whatever I can make sure you have whatever you need. Um, and then the person who is going through the treatment, it's important to say like, Hey, can you do this for me? Or. You know, I just need you to be near me today Like Mm -hmm. having a rough day But if you could just come over Or if you can just, you know, sit with me um, Really communicate that Because we're not mind readers Right We, you think that you're not You don't want to burden the other person Mm -hmm. But really it makes it harder for you Yeah If you don't like If you're not constantly expressing what you need and what you want Mm Mm-hmm
0: So definitely communication all the way around. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Well, my last question, um, both of you guys to answer. Um, So finish this sentence for me. I love you because...
2: Mm. Well, you go first.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. I love you because you accept me in all of the many phases that I've gone through um, from looking like the way I was before the baby to after, during pregnancy, after pregnancy, going through chemo, after chemo, after mastectomy, but you always tell me that I'm beautiful. You always compliment me. You always talk about how smart I am. And that's why I love you. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> um, I think the big thing is The reason why I love you is because You are an amazing woman And I, I appreciate you Being in my life And you gave us a beautiful daughter And just keep being you Because you are very strong And you're the one that motivates me Daily so That's what I try to do That's why I love her
0: If I was a crier, I'd probably be crying right now. (laughs) Uh, I love it. I mean, you know, I love love anyways. That's just me. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this series. So, you know, I appreciate you guys. And hopefully you had fun answering, you know, these questions and kind of letting the audience, you know, get to know you, but then also giving your perspective of what it's like. You know, being in a relationship um, while you're diagnosed with breast cancer and, you know, even right now while you're going through this part of the journey that we call survivorship. So um, I definitely appreciate both of you guys taking time out of your evening, but also, you know, being open and vulnerable and sharing because, you know, especially for our communities, it's not always easy to do that. Right. So I'm glad that you guys were able to do that. And, you know, I'll be rooting for both of you from afar. You're not too far for me anyways. Thank um, you. Yeah, so, you know, I'm sure, you know, Aisha, we will see you soon. Yes. You know, you're always rocking with for the rest of us. And I truly appreciate that. And, um, Jamil, we're going we gonna to add you to the guys. That's a part of our team, man, because you're <laughs> you holding them down. I appreciate it. Cool. Anytime. Um, Yes, but thank you so much. And you know what? I may actually have you guys come back on here. We'll do a follow-up if you would like to as well. Sure. Um, sure. But yeah, any lasting things that you want to say to everybody that's watching or listening?
2: Um, No, just uh, like I said, it's a process and, uh, you know, communicate and then just be there because, you know, it may be a hard time, but at the end of the day, it's going to get better. The whole process
1: Yeah Aisha. And I would just say that um, You know there are, There's going to be different phases So you're going to be Diagnosed and you're going to feel Terrible and you're not Going to really want to be Expressive towards people Towards your partner um, And then you're going to be in treatment And then while you're in treatment You're going to want to talk about all these things that are happening to you whether the person understands it or not just because that's the closest person to you usually Mm -hmm. and you know they don't have to have all the answers they're not going to have all the answers um but as the person who is the caregiver or the partner you know just be there to be a listening ear for them um you know, reassure them that what they're going through, that y'all are going to make it through. Cause I think that's one of the things that Jamel did really well. Um, cause I asked them at one point, like, were you thinking about leaving and finding someone else? Cause I mean, I'm, I was a totally different person. Like, right. right. This is not the person that you met, you know, four years ago. Um, so, you know, you just have to be patient with each other. Um, Listen to the episode on the podcast, this podcast about sex because. (laughs) Yes. Um, So you are going to have to figure out your sex life during treatment and after. Um, And then. (laughs) 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 But yeah, I mean, that's real. That is legit. Like, Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the same depending on your treatment plan, depending on your body, right? Um, so we are in a place where we're just trying to figure what that looks like for us right now. So yeah, well, yeah, like I said, I'm I'm definitely rooting for you guys, and
0: you know we have resources, you know Aisha that we could talk to you about and give you some of those as well too. So we'll definitely do that. Okay. Um, but again, thank you so much, both of you for being on with me this evening. And for everybody that's listening and watching, thank you so much for joining us for this special episode of Batty to Batty, Love and Cancer. Uh, make sure you tune in again. Thanks guys. Oh, thanks. thanks guys. This is another Batty creation brought to you by For the Rest of Us. Don't forget to subscribe to Batty to Batty wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at For the Rest of Us, on Twitter, at the Breast of Us and check us out online at breastofus.com. Thanks for listening.